Father, you are worthy of every song that we could ever sing, of all the praise that we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We just pray that you would open our eyes in wonder to your beauty, that we would see you for who you truly are, that there is no one like you, no one beside you, that through that act of worship that you would lead us to under your mission to, to living in the world, restoring all things to you one person, one place at a time. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Robert did that. That's, that's like playing basketball with half an arm, huh? Not having a lot of your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for... Yeah, he's had a, a cold and appreciate him doing that. Um, well, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, say that. Can we do that again? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I trust uh, that God has in store for us all of the things that are, that are coming, even if they're not necessarily from His hand, but that we will rest in all things, that um, we know that all things work for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So we rest in that in the coming year. A um, few things before we get going. Jason Hubner, there's Jason. Appreciate you sharing the word last week. Um, I like the exercise that we did. That was, that was really cool. Um, for those of you that were here Christmas Eve and helped us out, um, hold on, I just pushed the wrong button. Yeah, if you were here Christmas Eve, and if you volunteered, you took that evening when you could be home with family or whatever, if you helped set some stuff up and help things get going, I just want to offer you thanks for um, your willingness to, to come and be with us for, for Christmas Eve and to, to be a part of that. I was excited about it. It was a chance for me to speak not just to us as believers about the, the nine words of Christmas, which is, if you remember, God for us, God and God in us, to speak about that, which is the foundation of everything that I've given my life to. But it was a chance for me to speak into um, the lives of people who, who don't know Him, and I'll always take that opportunity. I was really excited that um, we had some Gospels of Mark with a brochure that was in it that we had out made available to people to take on their way out. And we had 60 people take those. Isn't that an amazing number? 60 people, yeah. So God was at work stirring in some hearts. There was some kind of longing, some kind of woo going on. And so in a minute, we want to pray for those people, but I just want to let you guys know that um, you know, I, when I, I was looking back yesterday at, uh, what's, what was the thing called when I was applying for the job and I like spoke up here, there's a word for that thing, candidating, right? You kind of, kind of put those things back in that back part of your memory. Like, uh, when I did the candidating, you know, one thing I talked about was, was nuns and we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks, but that I was one and my passion God's passion 
and my passion to see the lost reached. And just in various events this year, we had 462 Gospel of Marks and tracts taken at funerals or other events that we had. That's a lot of people who were able to hear some form of the gospel, and God was stirring in their heart enough that out of curiosity, they took home a Gospel of Mark um, to read the story of Jesus in a tract. So I just want to let you know that God is, God is at work among us, and that's a sign of health. Healthy things reproduce, right? Healthy things. So that's, that's uh, exciting. I just wanted to share that with, with you guys. Um, related to the whole Christmas thing, we, Lisa helped me make this. It, on Christmas Eve, if you weren't here, instead of doing a normal, like, whatever you call those things. I'm just so terrible at church words. Brochure, it's not a brochure. Whatever you call the things you give out, I don't know. Instead of doing a normal one, just listing everything we did, we decided to put the nine words of Christmas on it with the story and, and scripture so that if people were even going home and they weren't picking up a gospel of Mark, that they were taking this home and hoping they'd stick it somewhere and that God at some point would bring it out. If you, um, if you weren't here and you want one of these, I've got a bunch of them up on stage. We have some back at the info booth and the other one, um, but it has the nine words of Christmas and it has the whole, the whole gospel on it. If you want to take some of these because it's something you in the future might want to hang on for a year and give them out at Christmas time, if there's somebody you feel led to, it doesn't even have to be Christmas, but I just want you to know we have extra of these and want to offer them for you. If you just want it for yourself, something you stick, you'd have to have a pretty big Bible for that, but if you have a place where you have a quiet time or something, just as a personal reminder, we have some up here and some in the back, so just wanted to let you... And on that, Lisa asked me to say something. The financial piece is actually going to be meeting here, right? We're actually going to be having a group that will start Wednesday, January 15th to March 18th. So I want to let you know, um, what day is that, Lisa? Oh, <laughs> Wednesdays. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that's all old age. Um, okay. We're one year in. Can you believe that? I was just thinking this week, it kind of didn't hit me till this week, like we're one week in on this journey uh, onward. I uh, just want to tell you, you know, I don't know about you guys, I think Pat and I had a two-week honeymoon, hoping for a three, and let's just say three-week honeymoons are the norm. Well, one year is equivalent to a week, so we're one year in our three-year honeymoon, so just hang in there with me for this honeymoon, but um, it's been, for me, an awesome part to just be a part of this this family, and that um, God, you know, graced me with this gift, and you guys were a part of that, and I'm just excited to see what God will do as we continue to journey onward. So, just, uh, I brought some of my stuff from that, um, that that's what I started with last year, that we are on a journey together, that we have a captain, and that captain is Jesus, do you remember, that we live under authority under His authority, that we're living for the kingdom of God, we're living for His fame, that we're living to become more like Jesus, to be formed, conform, and transform His image. These are just some of the things we talked about last year, that on a journey, you need three things. You need, um, you need a map, you need a guide, and you need companions. So the Word of God is our map. We need to be in close, intimate community with people. We need companions on the journey. We need a guide. You need somebody that's been further along that can walk with you. But we also need to become a guide for somebody behind us. So just some of the 
the stuff um, that to me are really significant. So just was thinking about the year. We, um, when we did this all last year, we started the year with these. Um, I must be really tired from this holiday because I can't remember many words. But whatever I should know, whatever these things. Carabiner, thank you, Skylar. We have these carabiners that say kingdom people. And can I just have a few people come on stage to remind me of words like if I got a couple of chairs up here. Uh, have these carabiners. If you have shown up since like last January, February, um, I've got a bunch of these up on the stage. It's just something that says kingdom people because we want to be people about the kingdom. And this is just a reminder that we belong to a family that's taking Jesus seriously in his kingdom. Or if you lost years or if you're, you're writing war off or something, there's some up here, so feel free to come and and uh, grab one of those. And I want to remind you, please don't use these for rock climbing because your life, uh, if, don't act like your life depended on it because your life, you won't, it, I don't think you'll make it. So <laughs> that's just, uh... okay. Um, before we jump into this morning's topic, I just want to take a minute to pray, if you don't mind. I know we've, some people in our family, Judy Moore lost her son a little over a week ago. And um, Jared Blakely just, Blinkley just yesterday, his mother passed away, so we want to pray for them. But I know there's more needs in this body, and so I just want to take a minute and do something that, man, I haven't done this in a long time, but I just want to invite you, if there is somebody that you are, you're concerned for their health, I just, let's just, just shout out a name, and then we'll pray for those people. There's somebody you're concerned for their health. Michelle. Josh. David, I didn't even ask you ahead of time. Would you stand and just pray for these names that were... Uh-huh, would you? Just for the health? Heavenly Father, I could not hear every name. I don't think anybody could except you. You know every name, you know every health problem, and you care. And Lord, I pray that you would work in these situations. Most of all, I pray that you would bring yourself glory Amen. Thanks, David. How about somebody on your heart that just is not doing well? Life's not good. They're going through struggles. Um, not health, but just generally can... There's some names.
Scott hadn't asked you this ahead of time, would you pray? Would you say a prayer for those? And then these we won't say out loud, but I want you to think if you know somebody who, um, somebody that's lost who doesn't know God that you're concerned for and you long for them to know Him. Or somebody you know who has walked away from God and is like a lost son. Um, just for a minute, think of some of those names and we will offer them up to God in prayer. Father, our heart goes out to those who are lost, who are far from you, who don't know you. We long for them to come into relationship with you and to, to be reconciled back to you, to have your spirit within them, changing them, transforming them, giving them the life that you long for them to have. For people we know who are wayward, who've walked away from their faith or who've walked away from you, Lord, our hearts... Some of them are family members, parents or siblings, children, aunts, uncles, grandparents, maybe even close friends, and our heart breaks for them. We, long that, we know that you're present, you're behind every door that they open. We just pray that they would, their hearts would be open and receptive to the ways you are trying to woo them to yourself. And we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, Bill Henry, where's Bill? You want to come on up, Bill, for a minute? While he does that, Lisa, can I bug you? I am so sorry, but talk about forgetfulness. It must be the new year. Is that a good excuse? 
I was going to have some, some pens available that people could use because I want to do some writing. Do you know, is there a source you could grab some? Thank you. So Bill wants to chat. Uh, yeah, I think. Is this one okay, Jonathan, or would you prefer that one? That one over there? He's doing the big point over there, like use, uh, yeah, the low one, I think. The low one? Yep, the low one, so. Or the high one. He, he's got it. You've got, you're good. You're good. Bill Henry um, was, was the head of our, our deacon team, our church leadership team, and just finished his three-year term and was wanting just to say a few things from the board um, to the church. So, Thank you. Um, so I, we just wanted to give you a brief update as an outgoing, or I should say outgone now, uh, deacon for the, the 2019 year. And uh, before I did that, I thought I'd just read exactly what a deacon does because a lot of times uh, we never talk about that. So I'm just going to very briefly read uh, a paragraph from the Constitution that it tells you what, what we do or should be doing. Uh, the deacons shall assist and cooperate with the pastor in the task of ministering to the flock. They shall be for him a council of advice on all matters pertaining to the welfare and the work of the church. With the pastor, they are to consider and formulate plans for the co constant effort and progress of the church in all things pertaining to the saving of souls, to the development of Christians and extension and growth of the kingdom of God. They shall volunteer their time and talents for specific acts of ministry in addition to the meetings of the deacons. So with that, that's what deacons do. Uh, 20, in our church anyway, in 2019 was certainly uh, a very indeed an exciting year and, you know, for me invigorating, uh, as Garen mentioned, it was exactly a year ago that he took over and um, the deacon board was, uh, in, he, they didn't, he didn't tell me to say this, but I will. Um, we're certainly impressed with his sense of, of knowledge of the congregation and uh, and the staff, um, certainly uh, his goal of church unity, his preaching of God's words, uh, certainly his compassion, and uh, certainly your sincerity. So we appreciate that, and we're really looking forward to uh, 2019. As you may have heard, uh, one of Garen's goals was uh, the development of the green space, or what I think they call it the press room now, and uh, at the end of the month, you'll have a chance to go down and check that out. So uh, I would encourage you to do that because that's a pretty exciting outreach. And we and also we need prayer for that because uh, when we go outside our property and start ministering, Satan will certainly do his best to prevent that from happening. So your prayers would be very much appreciated. Um, the Deacon Board, I just want to introduce you to the Deacon Board for, for 2020. Um, the existing, currently on the existing board is Scott Strom. Scott, would you stand up, please, so you know. Uh, Kevin James, would you stand up? I see you over there. Uh, is Tyson here? He usually comes to first. Tyson Prouse, would you stand up? Uh, 
Those are all the current deacons serving their terms. It's a three-year term. Uh, he, they're in their second, and Scott's in his final term. Uh, the two new deacons are Ryan Colmeyer and Steve Lowen. And they usually, I know Ryan usually comes in second. Steve is not here, I don't think. But anyway, those are the, the, the five deacons, and we certainly ask for your prayers for them and uh, also for the leader, and Garen for the leadership of the church. And this is a very, really impressed with this deacon board. They are very, uh, very talented group, so we're looking for big things. Uh, most of all, I want to thank each of you, and particularly those who volunteer in the many ministries we have, uh, for your time and your prayers, uh, because our church wouldn't work without you. And this is the way God intended it to be, so... Thank you on behalf of the uh, outgoing deacon board. Okay, thanks, Bill. Can we, three years he served, and so we appreciate that. I got a little scared when one of his first words was outgoing, outgoing out or outgoing, but um, it ended up, and this is yours too. You got to have that, dude. So. But I appreciate them. They've been great to work with, especially in my first year. They've been so helpful um, and value those guys a lot. So. Okay, if you're new, we want to welcome you, and this is uh, not your average Sunday, but I don't know that I ever have an average Sunday, so um, anyway, so it is the beginning of the year, and I wanted to do something together that I do every year. It's a, there's actually a, a Christian word for it. This goes back a long time in the history of the church. Um, it's called examine, and there's different ways to do it. You can kind of see the word examination comes from this or is same root word, um, but it's just this opportunity to sit and take, stop, and do some self-evaluation before God. And so I wanted to take you through a partial thing of what I do every year, and I just thought it was good that it'd be good to start the year thinking about our own life and walk with God. So I need you to pull out in your bulletin is... Um, is an insert called Beginning of the Year Examine. I'd like you to pull that out. We're actually going to do a little bit of writing. So you need to pull out a pen if you have one. If you don't, Lisa so kindly got up and got some for me. If I could have some guys help me pass those out. Yeah, if you didn't grab a bulletin or if you just got one as a couple, you're each individual, I'd like to have one of these. So you're free to, to get up and have some roaming around right now. Um, and there are some pens back there, so if you're needing a pen, maybe raise a hand and wave it, and we will, we will get one to you. I see a hand over here, needing a pen. Anybody else needing a pen? Back here... Mike is looking, I see they, they're back there getting so. Did you get one, Mike? Over here, Diane needs one. I see in the very back over there. So a couple over on this north side. Keep your hands up. Okay, as they're doing that... Um, You know, if you think about it, every year, well, you should. I mean, you're supposed to have a physical exam 
Um, guys, I think it's every 10 years. Is that right? I think for women, it's every one year. But for guys, you're supposed to have the annual physical exam. You have, you know, maintenance you're supposed to do regularly on your vehicle, whether it's broken or not. Some things that you go in and have checked. Um, your heating and air conditioning guy, if you, you know, do the special contract thing, comes by twice a year to to check all of that out. So a lot of things that we have, we evaluate or have them checked out every year. And I'm going to show you in a minute, but the Bible talks about we need to be also doing a look under the hood of our soul. And so I think the beginning of a year is a good time to do that or the end of a year. Um, so if we could all go out in the Flint Hills on a sunset like that, that would be awesome, but that's not possible. You know, as I look for pictures, I always find kind of funny ones. Or we could all go out in a Kansas wheat field in our suits at a sunset and sit with our hands on our knees and look like that dude looks. Uh, but none of us has that, uh, the time or the ability to do that. So, um, Or if it were a Hollywood picture, that would be a cornfield, right? They're always having Kansas with cornfields. I mean, we have them, but... Um, let me show you in a few scriptures that talk about this idea of examine. Lamentations 3.40 says, let us test and examine our ways. I like the way Eugene Peterson put it. Let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. Haggai 1.5, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. In 2 Corinthians 13.5, Eugene Peterson says, puts it in these words, test yourselves to make sure you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Give yourself, I like this, give yourself regular checkups, regular checkups. You see in the Psalms, David's crying out for God to search him. So we're told to, to examine our own selves, but his cry for God in the midst of that to even reveal things to him that maybe are not in his awareness. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. In Psalm 26, 2, he says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Again, Eugene says, examine me, God, from head to foot. Order your battery of tests. Make sure I'm fit inside and out. And Job had one, but I won't go there. So I want, what I want to do is we're just going to take a few minutes and work our way through this superficially, a start. We're not going to finish it. I really encourage you to take this home. And over the today, uh, I mean, the Patriots lost yesterday, so everybody's happy about football. We don't need to see the NFC games today. Spend, uh, right? That was good enough. Just, you know, spend the afternoon in this or take some time this week. Um, one thing I do want to say, because there are some of us here who can be very introspective, too much so. I've had that struggle in my life. This isn't meant to run you in the ground and make you think you're the worst Christian in the world. That's not the point. It's just kind of a checkup, that's all. Lowell Erdahl said, periodic self-examination is a necessity. Perpetual self-preoccupation is a curse. So those of us who have an inner panel of critics, we know that. Self-examination is an occasional glimpse in the mirror. Self-preoccupation is endlessly looking to see if you're beautiful enough. And we're not about self-preoccupation or that perpetual self-preoccupation, okay? That's not the point of this. 
Francis de Sales, I don't, I'm, I'm sure it's a French dude and I'm saying it wrong, Saleh or something, I don't know, says this about, so I just want to say to those of you who tend to be too introspective that this isn't, again, don't let this run you in the ground. It's just to look under the hood, to prayerfully before God, just check your soul, how you're doing. Francis said, there's no clock, no matter how good it may be, that doesn't need resetting and rewinding twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. In addition, at least once a year, it must be taken apart to remove the dirt, clogging it, straighten out bent parts, and repair those worn out. In like manner, every morning and evening, a man who really takes care of his heart must rewind it for God's service. Moreover, he must often reflect on his condition in order to reform and improve it. Finally, at least once a year, he must take it apart, examine every piece in detail, that is, every affection and passion, especially when we think about idolatry, our affections, in order to repair whatever defects there may be. So at least once a year. So I've, I don't know how long I've done this, but it's been an annual habit that's been of great value to me personally. So, you know, used to hear what you don't know can't hurt you, but the reality is, is what you don't know actually can hurt you about your heart and soul. So I think it's, it's helpful to stop sometimes, to take a break before God to, uh, to do some examination. So I want to, to jump in on that. And I want to take just a minute. You know, Robert was just doing this. Can we, can we hold our hands up because this is an offering of ourselves to God? Um, and would you just take a minute and invite him, even in this short time together, that he would that he would search us and try our heart and maybe even show us something this morning that we need to think about. So would you just take a minute and offer yourself to God for some reflection? Lord, we yield to you, we surrender to you. We long to know the true condition of our heart. So as we begin a new year, we want to begin well, and would you use this exercise to our own benefit? And we pray in your name, Jesus. The one whose gaze and glance is not to harm us, but is for our restoration and our flourishing. Amen. Okay. So, start just simple, the past year. Um, were there any significant life-changing events that occurred this year? And what are some of the challenges which I encountered this year? Some of us may not have had many, but if you did, all I want you to do is, we're not even going to think about it right now. We're not going to think about a lot of this. I mean, we're going to think on a low level, but I just want you to write down, if there was a life-changing event happened this year, just write it down. If there were two or three, um, just write down what those were. And just what were some of the challenges? Maybe those are all the same thing. I don't know.
sometimes in the midst of those things, we don't stop long enough to even maybe invite God in. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I just encourage you to, over the next few days, week, to just think about how do they impact you? How did you handle those things? How did you grow through them? What are the main things that you learn from that? So that's not to do now, but that's something to do the next few days. Another thing I usually look at and ask about myself is based on the two great commandments where Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest command. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so every year I usually ask this, am I growing in my love for God? That's pretty unnuanced, um, but there's space to write thoughts. And then am I growing in my love for people? And you know your heart. Um, am I growing in my love for God? Am I growing in my love for people? And by the way, you want to make sure to keep these things close. You don't want anybody looking over your shoulder or, or no cheating. Did you guys ever see the Flintstones movie years ago where Fred has taken some test and there's a monkey next to him? You know, they, they, they would chisel and he keeps looking over at the monkey's thing to chisel his answers and the monkey ends up hiding. So no, no looking at anybody else's stuff, but just how are you doing in your love for God? And then related to that, am I being intentional about regularly cultivating my relationship with God? And this is just for you, to be honest. You can see I just had an awesome year. That's what the pastor's supposed to put, right? No, just having kind of fun with it. But, and then there's some thoughts. My wife this week, Pat, reminded me that when we talk about loving others, it's not just emotion. Because Jesus said, in everything you do to others, what, in everything do to others what you would like them to do to you. So when Jesus talks about loving others, he doesn't just talk about the emotional component, but he's like, are you treating people with dignity and respect? Are you love, serving people? Are you loving people with your feet? and your hands, so that's what that question is about. Direction. In John 1, 1, it says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, in English it usually says with God, and the Word was God. The Greek word with is the word pros, which means in a face-to-face -face posture with. I love the word. There's a lot of Greek words, and even in Hebrew, the idea of being face-to-face, -face, either having your face toward God or your face from God is really a common image. Um, it's this. I, we were at Panera the other day on New Year's Day, I think in Kansas City. We had taken Chris to the airport, and there was a couple sitting at a bench, and even though they were sitting at a bench and should have been, like, I don't know, they couldn't have been more face-to-face. -face. I mean, they not like super face-to-face, -face, but they... They obviously were passionately in love because of the, you could tell by the orientation of their faces to each other. And that in the Trinity, they are constantly in this face-to-face -face relationship. And so, um, I always like to ask just the simple question about direction. What's the direction of my life right now? We're going to talk about this in March. I'm not going to say a whole lot right now, but there's two ways of thinking about life and the spiritual life. There's bounded set thinking where the focus is on the boundaries, 
and there's what's called centered set thinking where the focus is on the center. Um, I believe following Jesus should be more about centered set thinking, not so much the bounded set. And in centered set thinking, what's, what matters is movement, either movement towards or movement away the center. And so this is pretty simple, but I just want to ask the question about movement, which is this. Would you say that you are moving toward God or are you moving away from Him right now? If you have accepted Jesus and you're in the family, you're, you're in that boundary of the family, that would be you in there. If you're not yet in relationship with Him, you'd be one of these outside dudes. But I just want you to take a minute and, again, a little bit, you can do this secretly, but circle which of these most represents you in your heart right now. Is it this guy? Is it this one? And then there's some space just for you to, later, you can come back and write thoughts about that. But I just want, I ask myself, what's the direction of my heart right now? Is it towards my Creator? Or is my heart moving away from Him? You can't be neutral spiritually. You're either moving, drifting towards or drifting away. And then a God-nudging, God-prompting question, Isaiah 43, 19, which we'll get to next week. We'll come back to that. God said, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And... Um, I believe that God is always wanting to have a new work in my heart. I mean, there's things He's working on, but there's new things He wants to do. And just, I'm curious, in a question I ask every year, in what areas of my life do I sense that God is desiring to be at work? Is there something in my life that I feel like He's, he's wanting to work on that thing to more form me into His image? And if you have a sense of that, write it down. If you don't, that's a really good question to be prayerful about for the next few days, for a week. And, you know, maybe he doesn't want to work on something right now. Maybe he's continuing to work on another thing. And if that's it, you can just write that down. But I'm always wanting to be sensitive if he's wanting to do a new thing. And then a, question, a follow-up question is, is, if I have that sense, what are some spiritual, some practices, some disciplines? Are there any books, experiences, relationships that will help me in growing this area of my life? So... Um, that's, again, for you to think about later. But the question is, is, is there an area of your life God's wanting to be at work? I like my, to ask myself the distraction question. Um, Luke 10, 41 to 42, Jesus in that conversation with Mary and Martha, it's a good story if you haven't read it. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Martha, Martha, wow. He was, that's interesting. You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And so a question I ask myself is, as I look back on this past year, was I more like Martha or more like Mary? What, for the most part, would I say I primarily, for the most part, devoted myself to Jesus, the best thing? Or would I say, you know what, I allowed myself last year to be distracted a lot. So just check whichever one of those you think most applies to your life. And then 
I think a follow-up is really important, and you don't have to do this one right now, but we all have distraction to some degree, right? So, I mean, we're always, there's always a Martha to us to some degree. So, I always ask specifically, who are the people and what are the things that most distracted me from my life with God last year? So, that's something for you to do in the next today or in the next few days is who were the people that tended to distract me or what were the things? And then I always ask myself the heart question, Proverbs 4.23, which says, above all else, guard your heart, above all else. I spoke on this last summer with Proverbs because everything that I do flows from it. Um, some translations, old ones say, it's the spring of life. Uh, Doug Wilson sent me these pictures. There is this amazing spring in the Flint Hills that I had never seen a photo of. Look how huge that thing is. Isn't that cool? But that every, it's like that's your heart. Everything in your life flows from that. So I like to ask the question every year, am I taking the time to regularly cultivate my heart before God? Am I taking the time to regularly cultivate my heart before God? How would you answer that? And yes or no, don't have um, a lot of I mean, there's a lot of ambiguity or there, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, it's not complex enough, I know, so I like continuums, so I have this that I tend to do, and I just ask, what's the current state of my heart or my soul? You know what I say, it's healthy and thriving, generally good, kind of middle of the road, I'm in declining health or I'm on life support, so I just like to mark somewhere on there, so I would like to challenge you to, to put on that continuum, what do you feel like is the current state of your heart? If you haven't already figured out, I love these green bean dudes. Yeah, one of my children found a paper somewhere, and they, they could tell by the font on it, and it wasn't the papyrus, it was another font, but when I was like, my dad made that, I could tell, and if they see these screen beans, they're like, my dad made that. Um, we're not going to do this today, but there's an article by Don Whitley, Whitney that I came across a few years ago, and then Pat the other day, actually, I don't even think knowing I was going to do this showed it to me, and he has 10 questions for the end of the year that I think are really valuable. I just put them on there for you. We're not going to hit those, um, but a couple are really good, like the number two, an impossible prayer that you can pray, uh, a way to improve your family life is a good one. Um, six is good. What's the most helpful new way you could strengthen your church? Seven, who am I going to pray with if I were to pick one person who's lost that I fervently want to pray for? Who is it? So there's some really good um, questions on there. For those of you that are introspective and are in, into this and you're like, that was just not enough. I need more. Um, I actually have a sheet back there with two pages that actually has more of the things that I do. I graph my year. And there's just some other things I ask. I didn't want to overwhelm you with that stuff, but if you're interested, they're back there on the information booth and back where Lane is. 
So you can, for those of you, you can pick one of those up on the way out. Maybe we can all get together with our inner critics and we could all have coffee and, and do that together for those of you that do that. Um, some books. Pat said, hey, maybe recommend some books. If, if you're really wanting to, to work on your inner life, if you're a 20-something, I really love this book, 20 Things We Tell Our 20-something Selves. I did that with a group of college students. I thought that was really good. Um, if you're really feeling like I need to work on my private world, I read this back in college, back in the early 80s, Gordon MacDonald, that's kind of a classic. If you're into like really deep reading, Celebration of Discipline is considered a modern classic on the spiritual life. And then I love John Ortberg, his The Life You've Always Wanted or God Is Closer Than You Think are both great books on how to grow closer to God. So if you're feeling like I'm needing to walk closer with him, these are some books that are helpful. That God Is Closer Than You Think book, um, the original version looked like this. I was doing this with a group of students and I was at... Uh, I was in a public place at the Inner Bean and was, was actually holding up reading it and an international student walked in who wasn't a believer and they said, Garen, what in the world are you doing? And I said, what? And they said, I cannot believe you're reading that book. And I said, what, what's wrong with it? And she said, well, look at the title. I want you to, they ended up changing, that's what it looks like now. I think this may be the way they, cha they, they changed it because I want you to look at this. God is, if that C were an A, if it looked like an A, what's it look like that book says? God is, <laughs> she said, God's a loser. Why are you reading that book? God's a loser. And I'm like, what? It's not God's a loser. So anyways, that's just, uh, that's what it looks like now. I think they changed the title. I don't know. I mean, the cover, if that's why. But those are really good books I recommend. And I'd like to end with um, a prayer, which is a hymn. So would you stand with me? You don't have to read it with me, but I just would like um, I love this hymn, and this is my prayer, and I want to pray it for us. So search me, O God, my actions try, and let my life appear, as seen by thine all-searching eye, to mine my ways make clear. Search all my sense and know my heart, who only canst make known, and let the deep, the hidden part, to me be fully shown. Throw light into the darkened cells where passion reigns within. Quicken my conscience till it feels the loathsomeness of sin. Search all my thoughts, the secret springs, the motives that control, the chambers where polluted things hold empire or the soul. Search till thy fiery glance has cast its holy light through all, and by grace am brought at last before thy face to fall. So, Father, as we just briefly did this this morning, I pray that we would all have time to ask you to search our hearts and for us before you to search our hearts and to think about our lives, to consider our lives like you tell us to do in Haggai. And, Lord, that we just this year would a little bit better as we, as we walk towards you, stumbling many times, but as we move towards you, may our direction this year be towards you. May we cultivate our heart. May we love you most. May we love others. May we live a little less distracted this year. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you are sent.